Hello, thank you for joining us with uh, Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates podcast. I'm John Usry, and uh, just wanted to share with you something that's been something I've really enjoyed and connected to for quite some time. Um, I call it the three legs of the milk stool. For me, it's the three most significant areas, important areas, uh, that the Lord has given us to enhance and help us in our foundational walk with God. You know, obviously a milk stool, most of you know, is a three-legged stool. Uh, it has good balance, it's sturdy, it's stable. And if you're milking a cow, you don't want to fall over or get kicked by the cow. You want something stable but that can pivot and move. I've never milked a cow, so I wouldn't know firsthand, but I have heard stories of such that it's important. Um, but I have sat on a three-legged stool, and they are stable, and they're easy to maneuver and get around on. The three pieces that I find key in our lives to connect to as far as our own lives for stable foundation is this. Firstly, the two great commandments that Yeshua gave us. And he was quoting Deuteronomy 6.4, but he said, Love the Lord God with your whole heart, soul, strength, your whole being, the whole core of your being, your cognitive, your spirit, the place of your heart, the place of your strength and your passion, the place of everything inside of you, focusing and looking on him um, with your whole heart, mind, and strength. And there's some reasons why that's significant. Um, firstly, this. He knew this. The way he designed us to function is the thing that we view, the thing that we look at, the thing that we spend time focusing on is the thing that we become like. He knew that if we worshipped anything other than him, we would begin to subject ourselves to a lesser thing than him. Because the thing that you worship, you put as God over your life. So if you're worshiping Yahweh, then you're in a good place. And you begin to come like the thing that you worship. If you're worshiping something else, it's not so good for you. Because what happens is you become subject to that thing that you worship. So if you worship television, watching abundance of TV, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I like watching a good TV show or a good movie, um, but if that's your whole life and that's your draw, you're going to subject yourself to whatever it is that's coming out of that thing and subject yourself to where you put it as God and Lord over your life. If you're looking into the face of the Father and gazing on Him, loving Him with your whole being, with intention, focus, purpose, complete being, then that's the thing you're going to begin to connect with and begin to look like and begin to function like. He knew this was important. It wasn't an ego trip for him to say, worship me, love me with your whole heart, mind, and strength. That's not what that was. He just knew that to get the fullness out of who we were designed to be, that we have to engage that way so that we begin to draw from the desires of his heart, so we begin to function as he designed us to function. That's the first piece, and that's just one aspect of it. The second piece is this. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and, the, well, before I get into that one, a good indicator on the first piece is this. If, if you find yourself, for example, this is just one indicator. If you find yourself in a place of having to get validation from anything other than him, it's probably a good recommendation that at that point realize you need some more face time with him because if you're into name dropping or if you're into I've been at this event or done this thing or been a 
involved with this person for the purpose of validation from the people that you're around, it's a faulty foundation. I mean, you can share those things with people and not be looking for validation, then that's fine. But if you do anything that comes out of you trying to receive validation, then it's a good indicator that you need to go back and spend more time looking into his face, loving him with your whole heart and being, because he is the only one that can fully supply the validation you need to run like you need to run and function like you need to run. If you have anything else in there going on like uh, other than validation from him, you're never going to be fully released to re be walking in the fullness and the power of who he is and what he is and create like him and sound like him and look like him. When Yeshua said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, that's a model for us to become as much like him in every aspect um, so that we can say, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, the second part, the love your neighbor as yourself. Obviously, it's tied to the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, he uses that example and that model, and it's a great story, and it's a good foundational point for the understanding of what that verse means. But I love that the Hebrews have this understanding of multiple layers of understanding for every given verse or every given piece of the Word or Torah or from any kind of thing that is out there. An example of that is um, when you know a verse and it means a certain thing to you and it's basic in its function, that's great. But challenge yourself to begin to take those places of the word and begin to stand in them and ask the Father to begin to show you what are other layers of understanding in this thing. Um, and that's what we're going to look at in the second one, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, an example of that is this. I remember one day looking at and the story of Jesus walking on the water and Peter going to jump out there with him. And when I looked at that, I just stopped for a minute and I asked the Father, what does it look like, the walking on the water? What is another layer of understanding on this? And I saw myself governing over my waters inside of my life so that they would mirror the waters above. And the moment that happened, there was a synchronous flow from heaven through me, into me, and out of me. And it began to work and flow with the ebbs and flows of what Yahweh wanted to do. And until my waters were matched up and they mirrored, it, it couldn't settle in me. It couldn't function through me. That's just one aspect of understanding of, of walking on the water. Um, but as far as the understanding of what it's like to love your neighbors yourself, consider this, and that's if you do everything that you can do to chase after Yahweh, to look into his face, to become everything that you can become, to walk with him, run with him, and hunger after him, something supernatural is going to begin to happen. You actually begin to create a vacuum in the spirit. And what I mean by that is the people, the neighbors around you, those that are around you that are observing and in relationship with you, they begin to be drawn and sucked into the vacuum that you've created as you move forward towards Yahweh. Behind you come people desirous and wanting the same thing that you're doing and the same thing that you're walking in. And they begin to be drawn by His Spirit to want more and to step into the fullness of what God has for them. So you can love your neighbor as yourself by doing everything you can to chase hard after Him. 
and watch what happens. People will want to become part of that with your life. So that's just another layer of understanding for that part of that verse. Um, so love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then the third part is just like it in this. Um, Saul's MO, or Paul's MO in Ephesians 3, 1 through, 8, 1 through 10 actually, great section of scripture. Here we have Saul prior to his conversion on the road to Damascus. And his MO became in Ephesians to run the race to reveal the manifold wisdom of God through the church, through the ecclesia, through us as a people. He said that the mystery was that Yahweh wanted to use the Gentiles, graft them in and release them into the fullness of what had previously been hidden and begin to operate with them through them to reveal to everything that's known in creation the manifold mysteries of God, the manifold wisdom of God. And to know the manifold wisdom of God, you have to honor the mysteries to become acquainted and listen and attentive to her hearing, to the hearing of her your ear. And so um, that was his what he considered he ran the good race. Let's backtrack a little bit about Saul. Um, a lot of people in the church think that Saul, the story of Saul, was this amazing conversion like the one that wrote the hymn, the ship captain that was wicked and evil and and got saved by the grace of God and the story of salvation. And they look at Saul and the story of his life, that kind of thing, wicked person killing the people of God and the mercy and grace of God saving him from a deep sin into a life of godliness. And there's aspects of that. And that's that's a good understanding but I'm going to challenge you that that's not really the story of Saul that's not really who Saul was and what he was about the true story of Saul is this Saul was instructed by Gamaliel he was a keeper of the mysteries of God he understood the deep things of God he was zealous about the things that the father wanted hidden from the beginning of time to the present so he was in a place of it, when stuff was starting to be leaked out, he was determined because of his love for the Father to stand and do whatever needed to be done, even to the point of killing those that were doing this, because he was committed to the process. And he knew Yeshua. Yeshua knew Gamaliel. Gamaliel, when he stood before the Sanhedrin, was defensive. He said, hey, don't find yourself fighting against God by persecuting this guy you might be found wrong because they were both connected they both knew each other when you hear uh, Yeshua's salutation to Saul on the road to Damascus there's a familiarity hey it's me it's Jesus don't kick against the pricks it's me what are you doing you know me and Saul said oh my gosh it's you and the scales were on his eyes and he went and the scales came off his eyes when he was prayed for and then he went away, hidden for a period of years, into a place of finding out, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you doing? I've given my whole life to protecting the Hebrew mysteries of God. And because we didn't want him to fall into the hands of the unrighteous. And he showed him the mystery that the Gentiles were grafted in. And he could then begin to reveal the things that were hidden before time to all the known people of God at that time, the, the new Christians that came on the scene, those that were walking in the way. And so here he was, his new mission 
became Paul, he, he now had a pay in his name, which became a mouthpiece, a vocal speaking mouthpiece that began to declare and decree the, 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 the amazingness of the things of the kingdom of heaven that the Gentiles were now participants of, that they could run with these things that had been hidden from all time. That's who Saul was and who he became. So the thing to remember is this, Ephesians 3, 1 through 10, 1 through 11, the story there is so fantastic, and it talks about partnering with wisdom and understanding the manifold wisdom. The only way you're going to understand the multifaceted manifold wisdom is to honor the mysteries of heaven as she participates and shows up. Proverbs 8 will give you a clue. It's a cool story, and then all of a sudden at Proverbs 8.22 and on through the next 13, 15 verses, I forget how many is there, she begins to describe who she is and what she is and how the Father delighted in her and how she began to frame up the desire of the Father's heart. She became the architect, the workman, to begin to design everything that was coming about in creation. And her heart and joy was the sons of men and how Yahweh was fashioning them. So the Father had a desire in his heart. He released through a brooding uh, uh, over Tohu and Bohu, chaos and creative power, and begin to function by the design and blueprint that um, that uh, wisdom had created with the living beings, Aleph Bet, to create everything that we see in creation around us, to the point of where now man was created, the intent of the sons of men, the design to be the first created thing that Yahweh could create that was like him in facet form and function, in purpose, in creative power. His delight was in her because she became the architect of helping that to happen. And that's where we're at. That's who we are. We have to honor the manifold mysteries of God, the wisdom of God, to begin to function in loving the Father, loving our neighbors ourselves, and honoring the mysteries, engage with them, pull out of the darkness, pull out of that place, and let them come into our lives. Spend time in the night watch waiting for those things and pulling on those things so that we can begin to walk them out in our walk during the next day. Begin to step into those things because it's the honor of a king to search out a mystery. And here we are now in that place where God has been revealing and releasing these things like never before for such a time as this because of where we're headed and what we're called and designed to do. This is the day of the Lord, the new day, the old past, and all has become new. In him I live and move and have my being. We are fully integrated into him. He rested so we could begin to function in the fullness of what he called us to do. So let's step in with loving the Lord God, our whole heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself by pursuing Yahweh and creating the vacuum for people to want to run in and follow you. And then begin to honor and engage the mysteries. I saw a vision one night, an encounter I had, and there's a cave there, and there's big boulders in front of the cave. And I said, what is it? And he said, that's the cave where the mysteries are hidden. I said, why are the boulders in the way? He says, those are the stumbling blocks to get to the mysteries. If you're going to get stumbled up and thrown off course, um, you're not going to get there. They'll be there available for you to stumble over. But you have to realize they're there and navigate because your heart is so in love with the Father that it draws you into the place of the mysteries where you can participate with them and begin to manifest them in your life. That's when Christianity gets exciting. That's when people of the way become exciting where they begin to technology-wise release and function 
as Yahweh functions. That's what you and I are called to do, and it's exciting to live a walk like I've never seen before in these last 10 years. I mean, it is so fulfilling. And, and let your walk become exciting. Let your walk become fulfilling with purpose like never before. Begin to see and look into the mysteries of God. Love you guys. Blessings. Talk to you soon.